0: Welcome to Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis, the show that takes you on the deep dive of the happenings in the hospitality industry. So um, if you're new here, hi, thanks for joining me, and if you're old here, just sit tight for a couple seconds while I run through all the fabulous things that I do. So I've been covering the DC Food, Wine, and Hospitality scene for the last 20 years. Uh, it's been a long time, and it's been an amazing ride. If you know anything about me, you know I do the listareyouonit.com, the online ezine that tells you everything happening in the D.C. metro area. Sometimes you see me on television where I talk about all the things happening, not just locally, but sometimes nationally. Of course, every Sunday you tune in to 1500 AM where Foodie and the Beast happens. That's my husband, David, and I, the D.C. area's only food and wine hospitality show um, and variety show, actually. Um, <laughs> And we've been on for 15 years. Uh, our marriage has been much longer, but sometimes I wonder if we'll make it uh, after a show. Uh, and uh, of course, you want to follow me for everything going on, all my eats, all my treats, all my travels, at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Threads, LinkedIn, YouTube, because this is on YouTube, and all the podcast platforms, all the things. Okay, so, do you recognize where I am? I mean, it might be hard at this moment because it looks like just a white wall. But um, I can't believe I'm actually in the space that once housed Sala. <laughs> so if you were here back in the day, Sala was like this chocolatey place. It was like chocolate drinks and a chocolate shop and like chocolate foods. And the place was chocolate. Like the entire place was kind of chocolatey. My memory of it, it felt dark. Like, that's all I can think. But anyway, clearly, it no longer looks like that. And if you know anything about what's going on in uh, DC food news right now, you know who took over this restaurant. So, I'm in Penn Quarter. I'm in the just reopened Moon Rabbit. Uh, Less than a year ago, uh, we were all shocked when the original Moon Rabbit, uh, uh, down at the Wharf, in uh, the Intercontinental Hotel, like, suddenly closed. And I have to be honest. Like, I loved it. My kids loved it. My husband loved it. Like, we were, we were big fans. So it was heartbreaking for us, um, because Kevin Tien, Chef Kevin Tien and Susan uh, Bay and their team uh, just created just this amazing atmosphere and served amazing food, and it was just so great. So we were heartbroken, but now we're not because it's back. Um, and we're here, and I'm not alone. So many people are happy, and we're going to get into all the details with the team. I got Chef Kevin Tian, pastry chef Susan Bay. I got Chef uh, Judy Beltrano, and uh, she's not making her debut, but speed rack finalist, bar director T Nguyen is also joining us as well. But before I get to all of them. I am going to tell you about where I've been because you know your girls went out and about because I love to eat and I love to drink and those are the things I do. So I did go back to Beloved Barbecue because it's been a minute and I had been hearing that things like were even better and I have to be honest with you, it is no joke. The food is just terrific, it's a very interactive experience. You can go with the Prime or the Wagyu, you cook it yourself. Get that slaw that they toss table side for you i would have it for breakfast lunch or dinner because i just think it's super yummy um and the staff there is just super into it and it's just a completely hospitable lovely experience so if you haven't been check it out i did go back to cut and i'll be honest well think pop's cut it's been a minute andrew stella is the chef um it is pricey it's a very expensive restaurant <laughs> but the food was really good and it has been a minute since i been there I mean, look. You're gonna have to have the steak. The steak is delicious. They also do an amazing mac and cheese, and I only bring that up because I'm not a super mac and cheese person. Um, but I like ate the whole bowl. It was delicious. So definitely want to check out, like, if especially if you want to do a splurge. Um, oh, and you know your girl. I'm your restaurant week lady. Fairfax City Restaurant Week is coming back at the very end of February, so they always bring me in. I shoot a bunch of commercials for them, so I went to a bunch of restaurants, shooting, eating, doing all the things. If you haven't had a chance to go to Mama Chang's recently, Chef Chang, Peter Chang, his daughter Lydia, they are just killing it out there and the food is um, pretty damn good. Um, oh, on the list you want to home, don't forget the James Beard Longlist also known as a semi-finalist but I like one list so that's what I'm calling it um, is out and you can see all the people um, nominated. I have several here. <laughs> uh, so it's all very exciting. Um, Pastis just opened in uh, the Union, Union Market District. Totally fits in that area. It's just like Pastis in New York. It's vibey. It's fun. The bread's delicious. Um, I, I guess I'm eating a lot of red meat because um, I ate steak there too and um, it was delicious. of cut like butter. Um, so I think it's going to be really fun. I also got the chocolate mousse and had a sans serre. Um, it's where I'm going to be going for lunch. A lot. Um, so check it out. And then lastly, Duck and the Peach. I just love Havilot Silverman. I love her team. I think they really understand uh, the vibe of a neighborhood restaurant. Um, obviously, you should get the duck. At the duck and the peach because it's pretty delicious. Um, we also went into the wells afterwards. I don't drink gin cocktails, but everybody else in my party did, um, and it was a party and it was a lot of fun. So, all that'll be in the show notes. But there's a bunch of restaurants for you to check out, and a new restaurant. So, I met four-time James Spear Foundation semifinalist. Is it four times or more now?
1: It's Five now. Five now. <laughs> so his bio needs to be updated. Um, he is the
0: 2023 RAMW Chef of the Year. He was named Food and Wine Best New Chef in 2018. Chef Kevin Tien. So I first met him at Himitsu, Um but it wasn't really until you started coming into the show Foodie and the Beast uh, that I got to know you more. Um, I got to know your heart. I got to know your passion better. Um, and then you introduce me, your pastry chef, Susan Bay, who like I have such a girl crush on. I, <laughs> even. Um, I don't know either of you well enough to tell you if I have a crush on you or not. <laughs> I have a crush on her too. That's We all have a crush on her. And so, and then now I get to meet you both. I've got um, Judy Beltrano. And um, I can't help but I keep saying Speed Rack finalists because <laughs> I was one of the original judges for Speed rack, So I know what it's all about and how hard it is. Uh, team to Um So they all round out the team here and I'm so excited for them and this beautiful space. And honestly, selfishly, I am excited for me because the <laughs> department is back. Uh, and it's going to be different, it's going to have some new flavors, it's going to have new things, it has a totally different feel, uh, but we're going to get into it. So Kevin, honey.
1: Hey.
0: I'm going to talk to you. How are you? I'm good. Good. Cool. Congratulations.
1: Thanks. We're uh, very excited to be in our new home, new mm-hmm. permanent Home. Uh, yeah, like you said, very different vibe, menu's going to be completely different. But I think you will find a lot of the same, like very, like, warm like, service and atmosphere and, like, just, like, really connect with, like, us and ourselves.
0: Well, so let's go back a little bit.
1: So, uh, oh,
0: I know what I wanted to sort of yell at you about. Um, I had to read an Esquire article, something about you that I didn't know. I did not know that you were a former oil rig worker and a data analyst. So can can we start there? Like, I didn't know that about you. I'm always shocked when I don't know something because I'm such a know-it-all. I was like, how do I not know that? So, What? What were
1: you doing? Yeah, so I worked offshore in an oil rig. Uh, I was, uh, what's it called, a roughneck. You know, mm-hmm. like will uh, a jumpsuit, mm-hmm. take a helicopter from Louisiana onto an oil rig, and then I would work a 12 hour shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just like, you know, we would drill and I would collect uh, samples from. How old were you? Oh, I was maybe uh, 24. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you
0: weren't like a kid.
1: Yeah, I was definitely the youngest person on the oil rig, for sure. Oh, I was <laughs> everybody else. I bet. I have no
0: doubt. Okay, so how did you
1: get off the rig? Uh, by helicopter. Okay. Um, but it was a really great experience, you mm-hmm. know. Um, a lot of the people offshore were, like, really awesome. Uh, they're all, like, former military. Mm-hmm. So it's great for, like, uh, a very skinny college graduate, mm-hmm. like me, to go great. work offshore. Uh, I got to work out with them, and I, like, uh, Gained a lot of muscle, and I was in like the best shape of my life, and now I'm like in the worst shape of my life. <laughs> 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 don't worry, don't, uh, don't worry. It was a lot of fun, and you know I. But then,
0: where did the cooking come from? Like, where were you just cooking at home? I mean, you grew up in Louisiana, yeah. So you have your Vietnamese roots, you have your Cajun roots, but what was turning you on about food? Like, were you cooking at home? Did you, was your mom a big cook? Yeah, Give I a was. Background.
1: I've always cooked at home, but uh, no culinary school, mm-hmm. and I have a master in data analytics. Mm. Uh, but to pay for school, I work in restaurants. Okay. Uh, and college is very expensive, so I work yeah, no, a lot. Yeah, I, I put
2: fortunes through. I understand.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I just worked in restaurants through school. I graduated. I had a choice of doing like the nine to five with my degree or work in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I chose a restaurant in Texas called Gucci. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there for a little bit. And then I decided to do the nine to five, and that's when I moved to DC.
0: But did you want to do um, when you were in the kitchen? Did you want front of the house or back in the house? Like, at what point? Where did you decide you wanted to be?
1: Oh, I was always back of the house. Um, okay. I started off in like Japanese cuisine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you know, it was something I really loved doing because, uh, for me. Terrible communicator mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to especially when it comes to like love languages. Okay. I'm more of a person that like does things. Okay, you're and, a giver. Yeah, definitely. And I think like in this industry, if you work in kitchen it's all about like giving and like creating like, mm-hmm. really awesome thing. And for me, nothing makes me happier than seeing like our guests come and have like, a great time.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That makes sense. So you start with Mitsu, which was you know. Um, a real media darling when it opened. I mean, you couldn't get in, you had to wait in line, there was no reservation, blah, blah, blah. Um, But but you guys were doing something really interesting. But at that time, your food was really nuanced. It was very unique. Can we just talk about your journey of your cooking, like how you went from what you were doing at Himitsu and sort of grew? Because I think what's very important about what you do is your current. times change you're not like oh I have to do dish x because everybody loves that like you're you're constantly evolving which I think is a priority but how do you go about doing that like what are the flavors you're looking for what are the ingredients you're looking for how does that happen for you
1: I think for me Himitsu was uh, the first restaurant that I've ever did my own Mm -hmm. uh, like Harley and I right and she had a love for like Latin cuisine, and I mm-hmm. had a big love like, Japanese cuisine. Mm-hmm. So we really combined both of those, and then with a little bit of my Louisiana background, and Vietnamese background, uh, Himitsu became a, a very unique restaurant. It was. In, in terms of, like, flavor profile. Mm-hmm. I think it was because it was so unique. Uh, that's why I became such like, a media darling. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we opened the very... That
0: was, not a, that was not a diss, yeah. by the way. Like, I mean, like, people looked at it. I mean, you wouldn't do that. There's nothing like it, and yeah, you can't. No,
1: honestly, <laughs> and you already know this. It can't be replicated. No, you know, I don't even know if I could replicate it again myself personally. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just like a very special like right moment place, in right time, time. Mm-hmm. special team, mm-hmm. and of back then it will always be Mitzi back then. I think even if I did try to open it, it, it wouldn't be the same. Sure,
0: that makes sense. Okay, so how did you evolve? Because Hot Lola's, you opened up Hot Lola's, yeah.
1: right? open up Hot Lois, which has been doing great there's three in Virginia mm-hmm. uh, and then we have one uh, in Bryan Street Market here in D.C. Right. Uh, they're doing very well. Uh, and that's
0: chicken? Just
1: chicken. Fried chicken right? Just yeah, fried chicken. chicken. Just fried chicken but we do it in the style of Nashville. Uh, oh okay. Natural oh, hot hot. Chicken. But with all like special flavors. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. And, I have
0: had it but I've just... It's
1: been... yeah, it's, it's, like, really great. I, uh, sometimes I just, like, sneak in, uh-huh. pretend I'm checking up on the people, but I'm really there and just need a sandwich.
0: Yeah, dude, that's why you need to work out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I need to give up the chicken shop and open a smoothie shop. don't do that either.
0: Uh, okay, so let's um, talk about the fact that you had to close Moon Rabbit. I know we can't get into the details of why you closed, but I think what's really fascinating is you closed, and you're like, yeah, but I'm keeping the name, and I'm going to open it again. And, I mean, you did that in less than what? What's it been? Um, eight months.
1: Yeah, like seven, eight months. Okay.
0: So, how did you? I, some people could get really mired in the. You know, Damn, I. I just lost my restaurant, and now like, and I have my team, and I love them, but like you, it just seems like you sort of shook it off, and was like, no, 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 I see what I have to do. So, can you walk us through that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think. Um our team always had a vision of what we wanted moon rabbit to be, mm-hmm. and you know moon rabbit uh, the warp was open for around two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I think we were like making great strides to get to what we envisioned moon rabbit to be mm-hmm. uh and I think for us uh moon rabbit closing at the war uh was a good thing right
0: well, especially now that we're sitting okay. in the new moon rabbit right you, have to, you know. One door closes another one opens.
1: Yeah. It gave us the opportunity to kind of take our foot off the gas because I always feel like we're go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Really reassess like what we want out of the beverage program, the, the savory program, the dessert program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and really just like you know, know what we want and then like execute how we want. Mm-hmm. Which has been really nice. The, the process definitely has not been easy. Uh you Yeah You're not
2: hearing yeah.
1: Deep <laughs> breath <laughs> 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 yeah. restaurants are physically and mentally demanding and exhausting. Mm-hmm. But our team is like uh very strong and I know everyone uses the word resilient. Uh so I'll let other people use that word. But I think we're all like very driven, right? Mm-hmm. And uh I think to reach Sometimes it's like the, the top of a mountain, you have to start at the bottom. And this is just kind of like the beginning of that journey.
0: I, I agree. I like that um, I like that thought. I like thinking it's okay to do that. You know what I mean? Because you have been on the top, but you can't stay up there forever. The are spins. You, have to, spin. you yeah. have to see what else is around.
1: It's stressful. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: true. All right, I want to bring in my girl crush. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you and how you got into desserts
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and pastry because what you put on the plate is not a classic dessert you know what I mean like I'm not having chocolate milk yeah right mm-hmm. you get you're very creative you, you play with your food um let's talk about how you you wound
2: up being able to do that and wound up with um Kevin um so I I was very fortunate because I worked at quite a few nice restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, so over there in California, because I'm originally from California, okay. I've been in California. Um, we're very big on produce. We're very big on you know, um, sourcing from whatever, the farms nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to play a lot around with a lot of ingredients mm-hmm. and a lot of fresh produce. Um, yeah. Those are the kinds of things. And once you play around, you come up with flavor combinations. And then you're like, okay, this works. I know this works. Let's mm-hmm. try something different. And, and then I just kept progressing, trying weird weird things. Did you go to school? I did. Okay. Yeah, so I went to Le Cordon Bleu mm-hmm. in Pasadena. They are not open anymore. No, they're not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and But then, that's like cooking stuff across the country. Like the smaller people, all just disappeared. Right. Country, right. It's very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I learned some things from there, mm-hmm. uh, but most of Things I've learned from in restaurants.
0: Okay, and then when did you two meet?
2: We we were acquainted through social media. Okay. Um.
1: 2015. Yeah, let him know. Oh my god.
2: Uh, 2015. He was at Himitsu, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would just be friends on Instagram, um, follow each other on you know through. I would follow him through his journey. And then we reconnected, officially, with what year was that? Moon
1: Rabbit,
2: 20...
1: Yeah, 2020.
2: 2020,
1: so were,
0: right, were you already here? Or were you, were you still in California? I was in
2: Austin okay. at the time. Okay, yes. okay. So when he was opening up Moon Rabbit, um, at the war, mm-hmm. He reached out to me through Instagram. As one, do, as one does. <laughs> yes. Said, hey, would you be willing to move to DC and
0: be my pastry to and I said yes. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> but so, I mean, I want to talk about um, collaboration, mm-hmm. how you both feed off each other, but I want to include the other two because I feel like we can really yes. talk about how you all work together. I mean, I love what you're saying about mm-hmm. like the product and what you're using, mm-hmm. but I mean, be clear what comes out on the plate mm-hmm. is is a, a very it's a very composed dish but it's incredibly layered with a lot of like things going on right. you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I've, that's sort of what I want to get into a little bit okay. because you know it's sort of I think your um, plating and desserts are like um, a painting mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like there's always like like a something is added and I'm like huh I wonder what made her think of that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I'd love to talk about that. All right, Judy. Hello. Hi. Hi. Chef Judy. So, all right, give us your 411. Tell us what you do
3: here. Um, so I'm Chef Kevin's partner mm-hmm. in business, not, well, also kind of in life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we actually met when we opened uh, Momofuku CCDC together. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah, just down the street.
0: Yes, I know. R-I-P. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> um and you know who is that? Who opened that? Patrick Karan? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, you know, with opening restaurants and trauma. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of bonding. I bet. <laughs> so
3: it's traumatic. <laughs> uh Kevin left to open a Pimitsu, I stayed there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that he reached out to me. Um, to open up Emily's, but I wasn't mm. um, quite ready at the time. Oh my God. And that opened up like right
0: before the pandemic. Yeah. Like so, a month before. Yeah. Like I didn't even make it in. We were
1: open like two months. Yeah.
3: yeah, Yes. I actually got to uh, work there at the very tail end, mm-hmm. um, but then COVID pandemic, happened. Right. So unfortunately he, uh, we closed that venture, but he reached out to open Happen, and I was like, this is this is it we 've been talking about it for years we got to do it let's okay. do it
0: but what was it about the food you had been cooking and the food that you two talked about cooking like what, what where in your training were you did you want to go? Like, what What did you want to take? Is, like, if we
3: were to talk about what your foundation is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How are you building on top of that? So, um, I went to culinary school also. Mm-hmm. I went to Johnson Wales in Rhode Island. Mm. I actually have a degree in nutrition, mm. um, but after college... Maybe you can help
0: him with that yeah. later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just making sure you're healthy. Go uh, ahead. That's
3: one of those things that if you, if you don't do it often, then you lose it. So I think I need to refresh myself also. <laughs> okay. But, um... Uh, after college, uh, I was waiting to do like my nutrition like studies and exams and stuff, uh-huh. uh, and I'm like, what am I gonna do in the meantime? Uh, let's just work in a kitchen. So I started working in a restaurant, and 15 years it later, it just to I- <laughs> hold of you. I <laughs> it just, resign. I, I mean, never I- left. I get it. Yeah. Um, so after college, I actually worked in a restaurant called Marcel's. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think I've heard of it. Uh-huh. It's been around a while. Um, and then I worked with the Robert Rudmeyer Group for a while. I oh. um, became the chef of Wildwood Kitchen. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, in
0: Bethesda.
3: In Bethesda. Um, but after that, I went to Momofuku. But I feel like, um, you know, I really wanted to learn Asian cuisine. That's why I wanted to work in Momofuku. Mm-hmm. And then with my, wow. like, classic French training, and then meeting Kevin, and we were talking about doing Vietnamese food. Mm-hmm. Like that was like one of the driving forces. Like we're gonna make like very French-influenced Vietnamese food mm-hmm. to make it so. Now, did you grow up with
0: those flavors,
3: the Vietnamese? Well, no. I'm actually Filipino, but right. I feel like a lot of our uh, cuisines like very similar. Like mm-hmm. we use similar ingredients, um, similar techniques. Okay. So, you know, combining both of our like Southeast Asian backgrounds, I mm-hmm. feel like. Uh, really helped like round out like what we were doing.
0: Okay, all right, when we go back, we're gonna talk about what that collaboration is like. Hi. Hi. Hi, T. so let's talk about the bar program, Yeah. because um, we haven't really laid out how this um, property, Moon Rabbit, differs from the old one, and I mean, it's got such a different feel in here. I mean, it is bright and light like the other one, but not because of the windows and the view. It's just got this really great feel and it's smaller, it's a little more intimate. So how are you working on, like what is the cocktail program or what is the drink program? What are you looking to have?
4: Um, Yeah, so here at Moon Rabbit for, especially with the cocktail program, Mm -hmm. I think um, just like our space is like a very personal story. Mm -hmm. Um, We try to bring in a lot of Vietnamese ingredients, Vietnamese herbs, we try to, push our boundary, using a lot of ingredients that have it not used in um, the menu before, like bitter melon, pickled mm. lemon, raw rum, like some of the herb that doesn't even have a English name for it. Okay. Uh, I just love to play around with that and then mm-hmm. kind of like um, slowly introduce to like our community of how great Vietnamese flavor is, like different influ- influence of Vietnamese flavor in Wait, like our so cuisine. what are
0: you like... In Vietnam, is there a cocktail
4: culture? Uh, it's growing a lot now. Uh-huh. Uh, I just recently went back to Vietnam last year, beginning mm-hmm. of last year, and mm-hmm. is is mind blowing how great everybody doing over there, how creative everybody are. I'm
0: so jealous. Um, of that. I really, it is so on yeah. my head list. I really really really. definitely
4: highly recommended. Mm-hmm. yeah like you would see how you know um they're playing around with all the flavors mm-hmm. and i think i got inspired by them too like and i, I really tried to bring all of that over here mm-hmm. uh, with all of the flavor profile i have taste of the experience because so everything there is like a truly experience mm-hmm. um you know with like their it their side dish and yeah
0: and so what what was it about cocktail specifically for you that you were like I want to do this um. because it's a, listen it's a very specific person who says no 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 I just I want to play behind the bar just like she wants to play with you know sugar right and they mm-hmm. want to stay with the, I, the chefs kind of get a you guys move around a mm-hmm. lot you know what I mean like you touch sugar mm-hmm. you touch drinks you guys touch more but you guys are very segregated in the work that you do, I mean, you may go into the kitchen and steal some stuff, but uh, uh, but so, what is it about being behind the bar that you're like, this is what turns me on, this is what I want to do?
4: I think uh, I saw I saw as a bartender right when I turned one. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Kevin, like I put myself through college, so everybody telling me that bartender would make the most money. I'm like, okay, let's go for it. So, let's <laughs> go. You're like, and, okay, so this is where yeah, the money is.
0: But there's a big difference between like you know pouring um i don't know vodka and red bull or yeah. whatever, you know like yeah. the, you know that kind of um drink yeah as opposed to crafting a cocktail yeah. and doing something that's balanced yeah um which i think is listen we have an incredible cocktail culture here in DC yeah, and i mean absolutely. nationally i mean it is a trend for the last 13 years yeah. but crafting cocktails that are well balanced that aren't don't have that high sugar notes on the tongue uh don't, you know, like I like a spice in my cocktail but um, you know, don't kill you. Like yeah. and then obviously
4: the booze also does not
0: yeah. Kill I'm, you. Like how do you work how do you how do you work on
4: that? Um I think when I just start out, I honestly would just do like vodka ripple. I was mm-hmm. making maritas probably like Look, I knew
0: your cocktail. I figured out
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a hundred plus like maritas a day. Mm. Um it's very like um Chain corporate restaurant driven mm-hmm. and then I think I started to do competition right when I was 23 and I think it's really helping me open my eyes about like how I can really incorporate the flavor of Vietnamese when being Vietnamese and mm-hmm. incorporate a lot of my story, everyone's story, something that I inspire into a drink. Mm-hmm. and then I think starting from that point I slowly like learned it for myself. I, Buying books, reading a hundred books, like not thousand, but you know, just (laughs) enough uh, (laughs) um, to really uh, honing my skill and then, you know, like start moving into like more um, culinary driven restaurant to work Mm -hmm. at and kind of get like also get inspiration from the kitchen and learning from the chef behind and basically learning from everyone. Mm.
0: And so when did, who did you meet first? When did you all meet up?
4: Uh I applied so I was starting up my bartending career in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um and then I moved back here after I graduated for college and I got a full time job here. I work at the Federal Qualified Community Health Center, a mm-hmm. nonprofit. And at that point, I was just thinking like, okay, I graduate now, no more bartending, you know, just going to be nine to five. Mm-hmm. But like Judith, like, it kind of like suck you in, you know, just the hospital. No, it grabs you. Yeah, it's just like, you cannot leave, you know, once you're in, you're in. And I just apply for a part-time bartender at Moon Rabbit. Yeah. Um, and that's... Just like super, Yeah, just, just ra- ra- random? Yeah, just random because I'm like, oh, it's a modern Vietnamese restaurant. And I really want to work at a Vietnamese restaurant. And that's okay.
0: So I think you've actually given me a great segue. So when we say modern Vietnamese, what does that mean? What does it mean? To, what did it mean to you three years ago? And what does it mean to you now?
1: You know, I think even what I thought about at modern Vietnamese three years ago is, like, different than what I think completely now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of, like, uh, up to the time. Some people think of modern Vietnamese restaurants as, like, Let's make pho, uh, let's use like short rib, or let's use like more like luxe ingredients and like the traditional dishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my definition of like modern Chinese for Moon Rabbit is let's make dishes that look nothing like traditional dishes. Right. But the flavor profiles are.
0: A general perception of Asian food in this country, Chinese, Korean, Vietnamese, has always been that the food should be cheap because of the initial immigrants' move. I mean, the history of it, we all yeah. know. I mean, not everybody knows, but you know, how it all started. Um, But there's been in the last really 30 years, a huge change in understanding of the culture and the cuisine and that while there are products that can be less expensive, I'm gonna use a word that we said we weren't gonna use anymore, but I can't help it because I have to, it's being elevated, right? Like what you're doing, we're not doing white tablecloth fine dining but this is an elevated dining situation would you disagree with that no not at all okay so how do you collaborate with everybody here
1: i think a lot of it is because this restaurant's so pers- personal mm-hmm. uh, To uh not just me but to everybody
0: wait because i want to make it clear yeah. how much of your team came with you uh
1: i would say of all the staff that works in this new moon rabbit, at least 90% of them.
0: From the dead. old moon rabbit. Um, I mean, that's incredible. I mean, yes. that says a lot about all of you, you know, and sort of how you all feel about working with each other.
1: Yeah, I really started a cult here. You did? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: moon rabbit. Yeah. OK, I'm here for it. I think you guys need a new pin.
4: mm mm-hmm. They told right? me about tattoos, so I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> OK.
0: Um, so. What do you think that is? Why Why did you guys all hang out? Why did you stay? How did you pitch to them what you were going to do once the first one closed?
1: You know, I don't even think I necessarily pitched anything. I think we were just like, we invested two and a half years of, like, building Moon Rapid, and we wanted to continue to see it through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we were, like, uh, that, you know, the... This same year, you know, readers of Food and Wine voted us like one of the ten best restaurants in America, it and that delicious. was, and that was like really kind of crazy to see us on that list. Mm-hmm. That Food and Wine readers would compare us to, or put us on the same list as what, like Per Se, which mm-hmm. is insane. It was when I saw this, I was I kind of laughed. Uh, Dominique Crane? yeah, Dominique uh-huh. Crane. right? And you know, I was like, well, if we're we're doing it right. We're like changing people's perceptions of what Vietnamese food is and we're doing it our way. Mm-hmm. And like so let's let's keep doing it. See how far we can like push ourselves and uh see how many more pe- guests that we can reach, right, with our with our food.
0: But I'd uh, love products. to for people who haven't had the pleasure of dining in the old Moon Rabbit and with the opening of this one, can we walk can we get a little more nuanced? Can we drill down a little deep and talk about like what is a like? I would love to hear one or two dishes from you and one or two dishes from you. Like, did you guys fight over a dish? You know, was there anything that you were like, no, I like this or I like that or I want it to look like this? And then same with you, because like, you're not giving you're not giving me what I want. <laughs> I want you to explain the desserts and how you're doing them and how you layer them because it is beautiful and there's a reason that you were nominated for James Beard um, as a James Beard um, semifinalist. Same with Jeff and uh, which i think speaks to everybody because it, it you know you all work together to make these um, to make these things happen right it's not done in a silo so can we talk about can i get like a dish or like a dish you wanted to see that wasn't on the old one or you, how you wanted to feel here when it comes to the table
1: well we're currently in the midst of like doing a lot of like D on these new dishes mm-hmm. which we're really excited to kind of like really see uh, show up on a plate or bowl tomorrow for like the first time, and you know we did Restaurant Week last you week did. as our opening week. Some people would think we're crazy. Uh, we are kind of crazy, but uh, <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: yeah. But in it's good way. in the best way.
1: You know, it's like really like jump in the water, right? Right.
0: Yeah. Trial by fire is what it's called.
1: Exactly, and there was a lot of fire, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's fine because like I think everyone can handle it, and mm-hmm. you know we know what Restaurant Week is, and and honestly, this Restaurant Week is. I felt easier than other restaurants that we've done in our careers. Interesting. Okay.
0: So tell me about a
1: dish. I would say one dish that I really like is our, we call our barbecue cod. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of, like, fine dining restaurants do, like, some sort of, like, steamed cod. Right. Uh, And for us, like, when you go eat hot pot, one of my favorite things is, like, the fish meatballs. And it's just, like, a very smooth, Kind of bouncy, like fish texture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've combined both of those, and it's wrapped in collard creams, Being from Louisiana, we wanted to sure. like wrap it with like this nice green. Uh, it comes with this beautiful coconut sauce that has trout and mung beans, and you know that dish is very like fresh from Chef Jude's training, and the mm-hmm. flavor profiles are very like Southeast Asian, uh, which is like both from our backgrounds, and it's like the old school like Asian like technique of making like. Uh, like a f- fish farce with the, with the traditional like French technique of like wrapping a piece of fish and like steaming it. You know, sure. it's, that really encapsulates like the past and present for hmm. us. I
3: love that. And what about for you? It's actually interesting because that dish is actually very polarizing because it was on our restaurant week menu last it's week. Polarizing. It yeah. is very polarizing. You, hate it or you, love it. you either hate it or you love it. Like he said, it's very
0: now I have to have it. You have to have <laughs> okay. it. Okay.
3: It's um it's it is very influenced by French cuisine and mm-hmm. we are uh, incorporating a lot of like Asian and Southeast Asian flavors. Right. Um, I mean well
0: to be fair the French were in Vietnam. I yeah mean, so it, it it is a natural fit just because of the history.
3: Absolutely. Right. Yeah, uh, but it is polarizing because it's like some people think it's kind of weird, but that's one is of it those textures. Yeah, because there's two very different that's textures. Because where well, there's fish, that's right. very like flaky and uh, firm, but then right. there's like a bouncy farce okay. that like not many people are accustomed to, mm. um, and like. All of the past two weeks where we've been running this dish we're like should we take it off should we keep it on do we need to change it we're like no this is who we are okay this is well, Asian thing, food but you like it yeah you
0: like it yeah right like it. so it's going to find its audience yeah do you know what I mean like that's how I feel like it's one thing if a dish doesn't work I mean sometimes a dish doesn't work do you know what I mean like if more than one person tastes it and it's like no 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 I see what's happening here do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's interesting. Now was there another dish for you?
3: Mm, I don't know. All right. I mean we're we're working on a lot of things. What what's one of my favorites right now? Uh I actually really like our lemongrass. Uh so there's a traditional dish in Vietnam called tea. Bolalo. Yes. Um it's usually wrapped in I like that she has <laughs> you say it. I would do the same thing. I'd be like, please don't make me uh, say it. Go ahead. She's my reference for all. As I mean, <laughs> I she should be. She's from Vietnam. Exactly. <laughs> um And uh, I feel like it's probably one of the more traditional dishes mm-hmm. uh, represented on our menu right now. So, what is it? Um, it's, a, it's a lemongrass marinated beef where you, we use wagyu. Mm-hmm. Um, and traditionally, it's wrapped in betel leaves, but mm. uh, we wrap it in perilla, so like sesame leaves. Um, and we have. What does it le- look like? It's like a. It's like shiso, but oh, bigger. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, but bigger. Does
0: it have the same herbaceous yes. flavor? Because I love shiso. Like, I yes. can just eat those leaves. Right. Yeah.
3: Um, so it's wrapped in a perilla leaf, um, grilled. Mm-hmm. And then we top it with uh, fermented hot honey and a little uh, spicy satay sauce, which is like a, like a chili oil that's mm. made in Vietnam okay. um, with some lab so
0: can we just talk about that set for a sec, Kevin? Like, that dish. Do you present that dish? Did he present, like, do you guys be like, all right, let's start with this, and then do you build on it? You're like, oh, this is what's missing, or you're like, no, I want this. Like, that's sort of my question. Like, how does the final product get to the table?
1: I think even once it gets to the table, it's still constantly evolving. Yep. And honestly, this version that we're putting on our menu tomorrow, is, I, I believe it's like the third iteration. You know, we've started off with like the, the same, like, wagyu, kind of like lemongrass, Mm-hmm. And it was grilled on a stick of lemongrass, and it had like the whipped labneh and chili. And now mm-hmm. we we're like, well, we also use like ground beef that's wrapped in belly leaf. Let's mm-hmm. let's adjust this dish to refine it even more. And then,
0: but like, where'd the hot honey come from? The fermented hot honey. I
1: don't know. That was not her.
0: Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah. I know. Well, I mean, I do love that. So I'm just sort of curious. Like, did you taste it? And we're like, I know exactly what this needs.
3: Yeah. Well, like Kevin was saying, you know. I feel like a lot of our experience at Moon Rabbit is like evolution. It's mm-hmm. always pushing forward and making, improving one step at a time. Like, mm-hmm. like he said, that dish has the three iterations already. It's probably going to have like four or five more until we're sick of it. And take it off. <laughs> okay. All right. so let's talk about you and your desserts because do you feel
0: like what what you're doing speaks to the menu here? How how do you explain it to people? Like it's not traditional Vietnamese desserts. Mm-hmm. You're not working off of anything that people would be familiar with. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> what are we putting together, and what does it look like, and how how do you collaborate here? Oh
2: gosh, yeah, we could. <laughs> Judy is my godsend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, when I start creating a dessert, I come up with like the main components. Right. Mm-hmm. Usually, what happens at the end is there'll be something that's missing. Mm-hmm. There's like a flavor that's missing. Um, like the seaweed dessert, for example, on our dessert menu. I had the pandan, the seaweed, the coconut. You know, I had a, a mock made and I had Judy taste it. She's like, this feels like it needs some dirt.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I totally said that. Did you really? Say, I some did. Dirt.
2: And I was like, what? Some, some earthiness. And so then we threw in chocolate and it kind of just married it all together. It just made it a was, thing. It was, it, was, it was perfect. And that's how we work, actually um kevin's the ideas guy for me so that's what i'm
0: gonna say like do you say to her so i would like like how many desserts are on the menu right now there's four on the
2: menu
0: four on the menu so uh, do you was it a sort of conversation like we have to have a chocolate we have to have a fruit like was it that simplistic or Uh, how did it come together kevin
2: I'm really blessed because... I just
0: have to tell people that it smells so good in here right now. It's stupid. (laughs) It's just unfair. Go ahead. this is
1: chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Really good.
0: We're being toasted
2: by chicken. It's delicious. Go ahead. I lost my train
0: of thought. Um, Uh, We were talking about the desserts on the menu
2: before that you're putting together. Yes, I got very lucky. I mean, I'm so blessed because once we got into here, into this space, Kevin was like, all you. Um, he, Mm -hmm. He just... Let's me run with it and he goes i have some ideas mm-hmm. let me know if you want to know
0: the ideas but so what's your favorite thing on the menu
2: right now dessert-wise yeah mm-hmm. i would see the seaweed corner okay because it's weird because <gasps>
0: it's <good. laughs> and um and now i have to see it i can't wait to see what you <laughs> um, if you go on my instagram feed i have some of her desserts on there and mm-hmm. they are just so they're just so they're just like pieces of art. They're so gorgeous and delicious because you can have a piece of art and it can taste terrible. Um, all right, let's talk about the cocktails. So we talked about the flavors that you're using, but how are you, wh- what are
4: we drinking here and how are you mixing them together and
0: how does it marry with the food that's being served?
4: Uh, I think with drinks here, we actually have one free soft drinks on the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, and like again, like Chef Susan say, like we got... Inspiration from each other a lot, mm-hmm. and a lot of time I got inspiration from her dessert. You know, just her flavor, uh, component like, or uh, the fruit or the produce. I I usually just like, m- I have some idea in mind, mm-hmm. and then I would like run to them and ask them, like, so what do you think would work with sour soap? Mm-hmm. and then like.
1: I
2: also feel pastry and bar. Um, Beverages, it also works. We work very well together because we're yeah. big on flavors and notes. Now. Sure. Yeah. Or sweet or floral. Right,
0: but I think what's interesting is, is that your desserts are not necessarily sweet. No.
3: Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not that
0: they're savory, mm-hmm. but they're mm-hmm. not. They're not going to blow you away from a sugar content. No. That's not the flavor. You know, it's a very layered approach. Mm-hmm. And you're getting a lot of different flavors, right. which I think takes more from the regular menu, mm-hmm. right? Which, mm-hmm. Because it's also incredibly layered mm-hmm. yeah. with all the different flavors. Right. Um, yeah. And it will allow them to come out right. well, You well. Know?
2: So, yeah, I think the biggest thing for pastry is a lot of times it's just sugar, sugar, sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a ton of balance. Um, When you have a dessert everything's very sweet. So Mm -hmm. my approach is you need something salty Mm -hmm. You need something acidic. You need the sweet base something creamy Mm -hmm. um, And all of these things It has to create like the perfect blend, right? So it's not just a sugar attack.
0: I think that makes sense I mean, I think that's why you're seeing more and more now the use of salt, Mm -hmm. right? I think people were really afraid of salt for so long especially when it came to the last course um except in france where they have cheese which i totally can get behind as well um and so let's talk about like right now give me two of your favorite cocktails
4: uh right now the one with the fruit sauce probably one of my favorite cocktails. okay uh is like a perfect blend of like uh, savory sweet mm-hmm. very nice balance with the fruit note very nice balance with the um, acid in your mouth mm-hmm. uh, so it's but kind of like interesting way because when you look at a menu it's like oh fish sauce in a drink so it's going to be like really like salty or like you know savory Uh, but it's actually very bright and Mm. uh, light and uh, we have a great aroma with kind of like um, top it up with like a bundle of herbs kind of mimic Mm. the idea of where you have like fresh herbs wrapped together and kind of deep in a dipping sauce like Mm. idea Um, another one is probably a great drink from one of our team member, Preston. Um he did a kind of Negroni twist, kinda mm. bittersweet. But we're playing around with the concept of like a dessert drink in Vietnam. Uh like called Sambolo, which is have a lot of like Lotus seed, Two bee, B, mm. um, seaweed. So we kind of deconstructed and kind of infill them with our spirit, make with like house vermouth, um and then kind of turn it into, instead of like a sweet drink, we kind of make it like a bittersweet, kind of open up your palate drink.
0: Cool, oh, I love that. All right, I have to wrap up shortly because the show can only go on for so long, but can we talk about what's happening, can we talk about what's happening in a- each room here? Because there's something happening in that room. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So walk me through it.
1: So you'll walk into the main <laughs> restaurant, then mm-hmm. we have our beautiful bar held by team. like T's on here, Preston mm-hmm. will be here. Okay. Um, and there's like lounge seating in there. Uh, the vibe, I would say, is uh, sexy, <laughs> but the, We're not supposed to say sexy. Uh, but that table
0: over there is very sexy. I'm <laughs> sorry, just go ahead.
1: Uh, and then you come into the main dining room. You know, it's very different from the last restaurant. It's like very bright. Uh, there's a lot of like, movement in our like, light shades mm-hmm. and lots of like, little like, fun tables and cozy nooks.
0: It feels like a living room. Yeah, I I hope that's accurate. Like that's what with the books and like the knickknacks, like it just feels like this is what I would set up in a bookcase in my house. Like it feels very comfortable.
1: Funny thing is, this is the stuff from my bookcase in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so what, we have similar tastes. Yeah, yeah. Half of those
0: books I have. That's what I was telling Susan for.
1: You know, and I think sometimes restaurants can feel very like transactional. You go out, you eat a meal and you pay for the meal and you leave mm. and I think sometimes we can forget about the hospitality part and for us you know you're not just coming to the restaurant and having a good time to celebrate. It's we really are welcoming you into our home mm-hmm. and what's more homey than like coming in and like there's great food, and great drink. There's a lot of restaurants that have a really great food and really great beverage program but I think what's really important now is to kind of like do you see kind of like the story behind the team that like built the restaurant or, mm-hmm. or built the bar? And I feel like once you kind of have that connection, there's like a deeper appreciation uh, for what people are doing in, in this industry.
0: Well, I mean, that would take us down such a other rabbit hole. I mean, you're opening up in Penn Quarter. I mean, there's so many issues right now in the city. We could save all that for another day, but I applaud you opening up here. I think that this is the right time to do that. Personally, given what's happening in the city. Um, but now, what's going to go on in the last room?
1: In the last room, uh, we have a couple of really fun ideas. But okay. during the day, we want to do a Vietnamese coffee shop. Mm-hmm. There's not a Vietnamese-specific coffee shop in D.C. yet. There is not. So, you know, we'll probably be the first unless
0: something. I've had Vietnamese coffee before, but I wonder if it was made for an American palate. It's sweet, right? It is very sweet. It's very sweet. It's like, give your diabetes sweet, right?
1: Absolutely. Like, please give me the give me the the d or the diabetes right okay <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to open
0: that up and do pastry
1: uh we've talked about mm-hmm. it as long as we have like our team set uh chef susan uh, uh-huh. and our chef Sh- 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 nikki mm-hmm. uh, they've done like really amazing my brunch name. items mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh-huh. you know and they'll offer some like uh some morning pastries Right. uh we'll probably do like some fun or some fun made sandwiches we don't have the fried chicken for dinner okay but uh, we may have it in, like, may sandwich form. Oh, I love
0: it. Okay, great. All right, well, I want to thank you all. I know you're, like, in the middle of, like, crazy opening stuff or taking some time, sitting down with me, sharing your stories and sharing what's happening here. Um, brunch, lunch, dinner, can we just give the happy hour? Like, can we just give the four-way modem
2: all that before I wrap up?
1: Yeah, uh, right now, dinner, Tuesday mm-hmm. through Saturday. Okay. Uh, from 5 to 9.30, 10 mm-hmm. p.m. on Friday Saturdays. Eventually, we will add on a brunch, power lunch through our cafe.
2: Sure.
1: Uh, and then, you know, as long as the crowd wants it, we'll do like some late night cocktails. Uh, okay. We're, we're here for whatever the neighborhood wants. You know?
0: Excellent. I love it. Okay. Um, tell everybody where we are, Moon Rabbit, address, where we can find you, Insta, etc.
1: Yeah. Come visit us at Moon Rabbit at 927 F Street in Penn Quarter, Mm -hmm. not at the Wharf. Please do not go to the Wharf. If you take an Uber, please make sure it is this new address. Yes. Some people have gone to the wrong place. Yes. Find us on Instagram, Uh MoonRabbitDC. All of our chefs, uh, Beverage and FoodWise, have their own personal Instagram. Please follow them on their adventures. I'm going to get it all from you and
0: put everybody's in my show notes, okay, (laughs) so everybody can uh, get it and follow you. So I want to thank you guys again for your time. I'm so excited. Try your cocktails. Try Mm -hmm. all those dishes. I mean, I feel like I know you, so like, (laughs) and you. Um, (laughs) But I'm so happy for you all, and I just think it's um, it's such a positive turnaround to a you know firestorm of a moment, and it's just amazing what you did in such a short period of time. So I congratulate all of you on it, and I wish you nothing but success. Um, and that's the end of today's show. I want to thank you all for joining me today. Um, I'm here at Moon Rabbit. I'm gonna be at the Cuban Embassy next week. Uh, Embassy chef challenge is coming back up, so I'll give you all the details on that. Um, and you know you can follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on all the platforms. Don't forget you can now watch the show on YouTube and uh, go to the list are you on it, com, the online e that'll tell you all the things you need to know and of course any questions you have, just DM me, reach out to me. I'm always delighted to provide feedback for you. So thanks so much for joining me today and have a delicious week.
1: Produced by HeartCast Media.